Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Frank Morris. It's Thursday, January 11th. Jackson County voters are going to decide this spring if they want to partially bankroll a new stadium for the Kansas City Royals. But some residents say they don't know anywhere near enough about the 40-year sales tax extension on the ballot. This decision to go to the voters without the basic information about what it is they are asking, what it will cost, who pays for what, and if in the likely case there are cost overruns in this project, who's going to pay for that? Lots of questions raised about the rural sales tax question. But first, some headlines. Missouri residents licensed to carry firearms would be able to tote them into buses and churches under a bill introduced in the General Assembly. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports the legislation's drawn pushback from Democrats and transportation organizations. The bill in question, which passed the House chamber last session but died in the Senate, would allow concealed carry permit holders to bring their guns onto buses and other public transportation. Representative Adam Schnelting, the bill's sponsor, says he believes it will make public transportation safer. However, House Democrats on the General Laws Committee challenged the legislation, including Representative Peter Meredith of St. Louis, who says he has yet to meet a constituent of his who supports firearms on public transportation. Every one of them says, no, that sounds like a terrible idea. I might be less likely to ride a bus. The bill would also repeal the prohibition on the concealed carrying of firearms in places of worship and lower the age requirement for a concealed carry permit from 19 to 18. People out in Kansas City this weekend need to be careful as temperatures plunge into negative territory. And that goes double for people attending Saturday's Chiefs game. KCUR's Kayvon Mansouri reports. The National Weather Service predicts temperatures will plummet to below zero in the Kansas City area through Tuesday. Area hospitals are preparing for cold injuries like hypothermia, slip and falls, and frostbite as temperatures plummet and icy conditions persist. Daval Basar is a burn and plastic surgeon at the University of Kansas Health System. He says cold injuries like frostbite happen faster than people think. It can be as little as about 15 to 20 minutes and as much as about 30 minutes when the temperatures are below, say, 20 degrees or 10 degrees, which is very common for us in our area. The KU Health System advises anyone heading outside, and specifically Chiefs fans heading to Arrowhead Stadium Saturday, to layer clothes that are dry, clean, and that won't cause overheating. People who teach preschoolers in Kansas are going to be operating under new standards. The Kansas Board of Education approved the changes yesterday. But as Suzanne Perez of the Kansas News Service reports, Some board members say early learning is a parent's job. The updated standards are intended to guide preschool teachers and daycare workers. They lay out what babies and young children should be able to do at various stages of development. Three conservative board members voted against the new standards, saying public schools have no role in early childhood education. Board member Danny Zeck of Leavenworth accused public preschools of espousing controversial ideas and agendas. You're not going to indoctrinate kids. You're not going to brainwash kids because that's what's going on here, that everybody thinks the same. Supporters say the standards offer guidance about typical development so teachers and families can better identify potential delays. Kansas City Today, really the best part, continues after this.
You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Jackson County voters have a big decision to make this spring, whether or not to pony up millions of dollars for 40 years to help the Royals build a new stadium somewhere in the county. Some residents are asking questions like, what's all that money going to be used for? Where are the Royals actually going to build? And what's really wrong with good old Kauffman Stadium in the first place? A Facebook group has been pressing the case to save Kauffman Stadium, and it's grown to more than 7,000 members. KCUR's Steve Kraske recently spoke with the group's founder, Joe Vaughn, and member Becky Nace on Up to Date. Joe, what made you want to start this group to begin with? Well, there was talk uh, not too long after Mr. Sherman acquired the uh, 30% uh, shareholders stock that he has of moving the stadium downtown. And uh, I sensed from my own experience, dating back to when the stadium opened in 1973, it is an awesome facility. It is designed specifically for baseball. The Truman Sports Complex was ahead of its time with the idea of separate stadiums for separate sports. And when Mr. Kaufman acquired the rights in 1969 to the ownership of the new team, he hired the architect and consulted to have this stadium replicate Dodger Stadium. And it is designed very similar to that stadium. And uh, I might add that stadium, which is five years older than the K, has recently had a $94 million commitment from the Dodgers owner to improve the present facility, not replace it. Hmm. Well, Becky, what's wrong with sort of the current trajectory of this issue? Why not let the voters of Jackson County decide what we should do here? I mean, this is, you know, arguably John Sherman's team. And he can decide where he wants his team to play. Why not let voters decide what they want to do here? First of all, voters wouldn't need to decide or have a say if he paid for it himself. Uh, voters have supported this issue for 50 years. The This decision to go to the voters without the basic information about what it is they are asking, what it will cost, who pays for what, and if in the likely case there are cost overruns in this project, who's going to pay for that? And I think it is fiscally irresponsible to take a ballot issue that many may assume it's business as usual. Uh, they won't as we get closer to the, the question on the ballot being asked and voters voting. But there, we are very lacking in fundamental information that 
the county, frankly, and city and state need to make a decision, much less voters who are going to be paying for it well beyond many of our lifespans. You know, if John Sherman was sitting with us here at the table, Becky, he might well say that information is going to be coming out. And county legislators themselves are saying if the information doesn't come forward, then we'll campaign against this issue in April. They shouldn't have put it on the ballot, Steve. That was an irresponsible move that usurped Frank White's ability to negotiate a a better deal Hmm. with them or to make the decision to recommend to that body that they not participate, that they not put it on the ballot and, and say no to a new stadium. Joe, what would you add to this? Well, I would add that Mr. Uh, Sherman has never presented the public with any sort of a business plan or description of what he actually wants in a stadium. Uh, He hasn't presented any cost numbers, uh, no operating uh, proposed operating budget or balance sheet of what the new stadium would entail. He hasn't set any goal on the terms of the size of the stadium. He's mentioned an entertainment district. How much is it gonna cost? Usually when somebody starts any kind of a shopping center or entertainment district, they go into it with some pre-signed leases mm-hmm. of known names that are going to be the tenants and occupants of it. He's done none of that. Joe, how much has this Facebook grown since the beginning, since you launched this thing? Well, it started out uh, very slowly because I don't think anybody really thought uh, with the beautiful stadium we have and the support and actual love the public and the fans have for it. I don't think anybody thought any serious situation as we're now in would develop. So it started out very meagerly, and uh, it's approaching 7,600 members. 7,600. Well, what do you make of that? I think it uh, is just a minuscule microcosm of the number of people who love the present stadium. There's no clamor publicly for a new stadium. This is an idea with a small group of people who are not motivated for the public interest or the fan interest, They see a way to make more money off of this, and uh, it's uh, the public's been totally disregarded because Mr. Uh, Sherman and whomever he's working with didn't do any missionary work, as they call it in the business, by going out in the public and gathering opinion beyond just the uh, two or three pony shows that uh, he set up where those kinds of things you can always invite the people to be there who will give you the opinions you want to hear. Hmm. And my view, that's what's been going on. Can I add this process of we'll give you answers later, put it on the ballot is in effect asking for a blank check without accountability. And if this should go to the ballot without these important questions answered, they will receive a blank check. And how do you negotiate with someone after you have guaranteed them the funding, not for a few years, for 40 years. Hmm. You know, what do you make of the fact, Becky, that, you know, it seems like over the summer there was, you know, people were expecting answers from Frank White and the Royals. They were going to get together and come up with uh, answers to so many of the questions that you're proposing here. But that didn't seem to happen. There seemed to be some kind of breakdown at the Frank White Royals level. And this situation lingered month after month. My sense is some county legislators sort of threw 
threw up their hands and said, we've got to move the ball down the field here. Those of us who want to see this happen, let's put it out to voters, let them decide. We'll hopefully fill in the blanks between now and then and, and let things lie at that point. Completely irresponsible for representatives of the public to come to that conclusion. Frank White has asked for these very specific answers uh, to be provided to him, and they didn't give them. Frank White said in the this week's meeting when they put it on the ballot that he needs to negotiate further. There are many questions that have not been answered, and he just did not want this put on the ballot because, you know, paraphrasing for him, I lose all leverage in negotiating with them if we put it on the ballot and I haven't received the answers to very fundamental, basic fiscal amounts. And to me, that means they didn't have them to give. And they were ill-prepared for this process. Joe, what are people saying in the Facebook group? What kind of feedback are you getting? Well, very positive feedback for the idea of keeping the present stadium. And one of the things that's uh, several of the things that are of uh, utmost concern, the uh, specifics of downtown that would be very negative, according to the people who are participating in the uh, Save the Stadium page, there's no parking downtown, particularly with the latest site that's proposed on the Star Printing Pavilion. Uh, there's no way to tailgate. That's one of the most beloved activities of Royals and Chiefs fans. That would go away downtown. And uh, all of the highways leading into that part of uh, the Central Business District are narrow one-lane routes in and out of uh, the downtown corridor. The streets are narrow when you get off the interstate. Uh, It would be just a traffic boondoggle Anywhere downtown, none of the three sites, including North Kansas City, have access for uh, vehicular access. Right. It would just be uh, abysmal. You know, there was, Becky, a, t- a 2022 report from Populous, the stadium design firm, that found that the K had severe structural issues that might cost more to fix than actually building a new stadium. That sounds fairly serious. What do you make of that report? How much credence do you give it? Well, uh, not a lot. Because the stadium is examined by an engineering firm every year, according to the lease, to determine that the teams have kept it maintained to in top condition. So this was, I believe, a smokescreen and an excuse because generally you're not going to get people who say that Kauffman Stadium is in bad repair. And I'd like to add a comment about populace. They have a vested interest in this because they build stadiums and they would make a lot of money off of this. And they'd like to have a new stadium in their hometown. So this whole project is about money. And the people who are forgotten in all this conversation are the Jackson County taxpayers who would be paying for it, many of whom are too poor in the inner city urban areas to even go to a game. And they would be having a tax put on them for something they cannot attend, cannot use. That was Joe Vaughn and Becky Nace from the Facebook group Save Kauffman Stadium at the Truman Sports Complex, speaking with Steve Kraske on Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Frank Morris. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Gabe Rosenberg and Lisa Rodriguez. 
You can find more about the Royals at KCUR.org, as well as more local news from Kansas City's NPR station and our partners. And maybe leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute.